Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. That's all right. All I'm doing is making a note of where you said Matt Breeder is special, and I'm going to play that a lot. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. to the dynasty crossroads my name is peter howard at pa howdy on twitter i'm here with jake anderson at jake anderson ff on twitter every week we meet to talk about one player at a time from both a film and an analytics point of view um thanks for joining us here at the crossroads uh jake how are you doing this week i'm doing better you know i'm glad to be back with you i had some uh personal life you know you know life gets in the way of our our hobby sometimes and uh had to take a week off last week, but you stepped in and did a nice little solo show. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, but I'm happy to be back with you, my man. I'm happy to have you back. Frankly, um, the nice little solo show I did was not nearly as much fun, um, if it was nice at all. Um, but we're basically on the books as being in favor of David Moore. That's all I. That that's all I did. <laughs> so just so you know, we're in the pro. We're in I would the have agreed David with that. Uh, who are we talking about this week? We're going to talk about the the highly touted, uh, newly acquainted running back to the Atlanta Falcons backfield, Ido Smith, uh, with the with the big news of Devonta Freeman getting placed on IR. Ido uh, Smith is it's probably the hottest waiver wire pickup this week in redraft, and you know people that took him in the third or I think he was pretty much end of the third round of rookie drafts. Um, a lot of people coming out of the woodwork, you know, saying that they were huge fans, even though they waited <laughs> till the third round to draft him. Um, and I, you know, I, I have a share or two, you know, where I took him in that range where I liked him. Um, so that's who we're going to discuss tonight. I, um, I'm interested to see what you think. And uh, I'm kind of on the fence with him. I don't know exactly how to feel, but uh, I do have some takes. So we'll, we'll dive into that. We're really starting to understand whether our teams are winners or losers, and I think that's the conversation on most podcasts. We'll try to include, I think we'll try to include some of that with when looking at Ido Smith, if you're contending or not contending, what do you do with Ido Smith? Um, but mostly we take a more holistic view, an overview. What do we think of them? And that way we tend to lean dynasty, but we also obviously still keep in, the, in redraft mode here. We're all just trying to win all the time. Um Ido Smith, I don't think I have him anywhere, actually. Um, I was mostly looking for other players in that third round. Naheem Hines comes to mind, especially. Um, so I, I am non-pot committed. I am not invested uh, in Ido Smith. I'm, I'm a little upset we're not talking about you know um, Cole Beasley, the only wide receiver elite enough to defeat the Jaguars' defense. <laughs> I think that could have been interesting, or the emergence of Marlon Mack as Mackia, the guy that really should be the top waiver wire pickup. But instead, we're going to talk about Ido. Um, <laughs> do you want to start us off talking um, about what you saw from college or now in the NFL on a film level? Sure. 
Yeah, I can get started. Uh, Ito Smith is is an undersized running back, and and seems like that's all the only type that's, of running back that we talk about on this. Podcast. That's the hallmark of this year. It's just all the small guys uh, getting yes, good. It, yeah, it, it, it really is. And uh, you know, he's five nine, under two hundred pounds. He played for Southern Mississippi. Uh, his fourth round draft pick. Uh, you know, this is a guy that um, you know I had a good market share in college uh caught over 40 balls three of his years there uh had around 1400 yards those last three years in college um you know the level of competition at southern miss wasn't very good um not a whole lot of power five schools that he's facing uh regularly uh but just just from a player and a lot of these guys uh these undersized guys that make it to the nfl are obviously tough guys um and, and stronger than you think they are. He does have uh, really good contact balance for his size. Uh, he has good patience, and his his I think his his calling card outside of the receiving game is just for a uh, running style. Is his um, lateral jukes and, and sidesteps and cuts are, are really impressive. Um, he can make some defenders look silly at times, uh, especially in college. Uh, I don't think we've seen enough at the NFL level from Edo Smith to really figure out who he is. Um, but, you know, he's an undersized guy that's a good pass catcher. Uh, not extremely explosive. Not going to beat anybody to the corner necessarily. Uh, good in space. But he is a good downhill runner for an undersized guy. And, and that might parlay to what we've seen the last three weeks where he scored a touchdown in every game the last three weeks. He's being uh, utilized more than Devontae, uh, Tevin Coleman is in, inside the 10-yard line. Um, but from a college perspective, he wasn't a guy that I was super high on. You know, for me, it was I was a big Akram Wadley guy, so like the discussion was between Ito Smith and Akram Wadley, um, both you know kind of undersized guys, really good lateral agility, and um, you know I guess Ito Smith was a little bit more explosive and and you know was a little bit stronger of a runner as far as um, contact balance goes and, you know, just getting downhill and, and not always just relying on his, his cutting ability. Um, so I wasn't super high on him coming out. And, uh, you know, I like the player. I just I don't see a whole lot special there as far as his skill set translating to the NFL. And I think people are getting a little bit um, overly excited about what his potential is. Um, with, with this Falcons offense. And, yes, it is a really good offense, right? Um, he has scored touchdowns. I was actually was surprised he was getting used as much as he was because um, I didn't think he would. Um, be, Devontae Freeman being injured this whole season has certainly helped that, um, you know, get him on the field. And uh, the thing is, for me, where I do see some upside, even though I, th- I think it's really capped, is I'm not a huge Tevin Coleman fan um, as much as I think the consensus is. Uh, I don't see Tevin Coleman having very good vision, and I don't think he's a great runner of the football. Goes down on first contact pretty easily. Extremely explosive in space, like on pitches and, and tosses. When he gets outside, he's really fun to watch. When he gets in space, he's just uh, he's hard to catch, you know. Um, but, you know, Tevin Coleman's still there, and he's going to get carries, and his his usage is, is going to increase just like Edo Smith's is. Um, and it could come down to just who gets the touchdowns, you know. I mean, the, the upside there is that they, they're in a very good offense, and 
Uh, if Edo Smith can take over the majority share of the rushing role, uh, you know, there's a chance for, for some upside there. I just, I, it's a long-term dynasty. I'm not really counting on it because I don't think Devontae Freeman's going anywhere. He, you know, signed a big extension. Um, and I think Devontae Freeman's just really, really good. It's going to boil down to health with him. But uh, Edo Smith is a player that I like. Um, even in redraft, he was on waivers. He wasn't a guy that I was spending a lot of um, money on. You know, is you know none of these guys really were. Marlon Mack, I'm a I'm a big fan of Marlon Mack, but I wasn't spending a whole lot of him in redraft on the waivers. You know, I, I like in one of my leagues, I uh, I decided to get Taylor Gabriel and O.J. Howard for free instead of you know spending 30% of my blind budget on either of those guys. Um, you know, if I was desperate. For running back, that probably would have changed. Um, but yeah, I just think I just think Edo Smith has a little bit limited upside, and and uh, not to say that it couldn't happen. But yeah, I'm kind of on the fence, and I hate that I'm I'm there. How do you feel, Peter? I feel good, feel strong, Jake. Um, oh right, Edo <laughs> Smith. Uh, yeah, I'm you know on the record as being. I am on team small running back. Um, fade all big running backs. Big running backs suck and don't matter. That that's what I'm on. Big running backs don't matter. That's the team that I'm on. Um, but yeah, I just unfortunately this is one of those shows that we agree on, but we agree that we're not high on a player. I don't know. That's or that we really have a firm stance. Yeah, just his market share is fine. Um, talked beforehand about I want to investigate. Um, running backs a little more this coming off season. I mostly focus on wide receivers. And when I looked at running backs, I couldn't find anything really to sink my teeth into. But some of the lessons I've learned on market share um, include that young producing a lot younger um, is basically the signal in it. That that's the positive signal that this is a special player that didn't have to develop fully in terms of his understanding of the offense and the game at that level and his physical maturity, quite literally. And um, that's a signal that exists. Um Ido Smith really didn't um do his best work till he was twenty one years old at Southern Miss. Um he had a forty four percent uh, rushing yard market share in both of his first seasons at age 19 and 20. Um, then he broke up um, with a 60% market share at age 21, 57 at age 20. And it's kind of the same for his receptions um, and his receiving yards. Now, he do, he was playing um, a three-down skill set, which is... Uh, which is probably um, why people are excited about him. He looks more like, I think you said, he looks more like Devontae Freeman than I'm probably comfortable with. Um, he's not Devontae Freeman. I don't think we're looking at that level of player. Um, and I think that's what most of the excitement is about. Um, he has been worked in. Tevin Coleman has been underwhelming. Like, like you said, I was also lower on Coleman, I think, than consensus. Since Freeman's been out, um, Ido Smith has had 10 touches, then 5 touches, 10 touches, 4. So they're spelling for, uh, Coleman with Ido Smith. Um, I think he's had a touchdown, you mentioned pre-show, um, each of the last three games or so. Um, and that's just not a sustainable way of doing it. I will say that he's been used heavily in the red zone. Um there's actually a night and day thing going on um, where Tevin Coleman's being used um, in the passing game in the red zone and Ido Smith is their red zone rusher. Um, so, again, team small running back, he might only be 5'9", 200 pounds, which is stocky, which is actually 
the signal for size we should be looking at. This guy's built um, for his size to be a good running back. And, you know, we're always talking about how, you know, these guys are NFL-level players. So even when we say they're too small or they're not strong enough, that's within the context of the NFL, right? Ido Smith is, like, stronger and faster than anyone will probably meet in our regular lives. We're not saying he's slow or small by regular standards. This is an NFL standard. This is an impressive human being. I wouldn't like to say uh, anything else, but he's been used heavily inside the red zone for his size compared to other NFL players. And he's actually had 14 rushing taps inside the 20-yard line, and it's pretty evenly distributed throughout those yardage. So he's had five attempts between the 20 and 16-yard line, three attempts inside the five line. So he's definitely being used as a red zone rusher at, in all phases. Um, Coleman, on the other hand, has only had seven rushing attempts, and uh, he gets used a little more heavily the closer they get. Um, but the maximum he's had is three attempts inside the 10. And that's only on six games, but there's a pretty clear pattern of usage here um, where Coleman's had four targets, uh, one at each of those different um yard line depths I was talking about um, and he's caught two touchdowns so he's actually overproducing in that way inside the red zone Ido Smith on the other hand um, has rushed for three touchdowns which based on a three-year average is also overproducing based on where he was getting those rushing attempts and um, so he, he's not overproducing enough I'm going to use the you know buzz r word right now what I'd say is that's actually a sign the reason that the Falcons are using him in there is that he's actually been very good at it again team small running back I don't want to I don't want to be um you know mischaracterized as someone not on team small running back but outside of that as a player we're just not seeing the things that Devontae Freeman showed when he started to get those early opportunities after Kevin Coleman was injured. Um, I was just looking at his yards created um, for all running backs who have had 40 opportunities, so carries and targets, not not receptions, that's why I'm calling them opportunities, and just times that they were trying to get him the ball. He ranks 46 in yards created. Um, and 41st in evaded tackles. That's according to player profile of metrics. I just did a quick um, calculation on. And the average um, yards created is about 94. Um, and that's for everyone with 40 more carries. So that's a little unfair because, you know, that's comparing um, Sequam. That's comparing Saquon Barkley with 262 yards created and to Edo Smith. So that's a little unfair. I haven't got the ca the buckets work out here perfectly, but Edo Smith has only created 40, um, uh, 42 yards after um, being given the ball on carries, and he's created 10 evaded tackles when the average is 17. So again, I want to bucket that a little better so that I'm not comparing Edo Smith to Saquon Barkley. Um, the players he compares to um, in this comparison, though, are Ty Montgomery, Jay Ajahi, who, who was struggling this year anyway, um, Javarius Allen, or Buck Allen, because that's a much better name, and LeGarrette Blount actually um, is ahead of all of those guys. So that's the kind of range of um, uh, evasiveness that we're talking about so far in 2017. Um, I, I, was, I was talking to you about this before the show. I used to... Uh, like last year, I was really heavy into um, evaded tackles and yards created and those kind of metrics because I think they're better efficiency metrics. I've kind of faded that a little bit in 2018 because the more I tested it, the more I continue to believe that 
efficiency is basically a myth for the running back position and as as we track it right now now these kind of metrics like yards created and evaded tackles tell us more i just don't know how much it's telling us yet we don't have a large enough backlog of historical information to really start testing it um, or I don't have access to it at least Graham Barfield's doing great work with it so definitely check out what he thinks of Edo Smith but just based on what I can get access to Edo Smith's not looking great but then again he's being used heavily in the red zone so wouldn't you expect those evaded tackles to be lower and those yards created to be a little lower when he's only getting a max of 10 attempts and most of them coming inside the red zone, you probably expect him to be a little lower. So that's probably a little unfair as well. But again, we're talking about a running back with... Um, what's his total touches so far, Jake? Do you know? Total touches on the season? Yeah, I've got it right here, but I haven't I have it, got the sum pulled up. I have it somewhere here. If I can find it looks like 33, 33 touches, something like that. I think it's a little bit more than that. Okay. Either way, we're talking about a player who hasn't touched the ball as a runner more than 60 times um, in the NFL. So make, we can't draw a lot of conclusions from his NFL production, especially considering where he's getting the ball. And I'd say he, he is doing a good job where he's getting the ball. Um, now, beyond that, because I've talked, this is back to our original shows, Jake. I'm just talking and talking and talking, so I've got to cut it down. What I'd say is my fear with Edo Smith is I'm not seeing from college or his very small NFL sample, some great um, metrics, either efficiency um, or anything else. I like his usage in terms of fantasy. He's probably still going to get a lot of opportunities um, to get touches. And the thing about Devontae Freeman being out for the season, I don't know why we'd raise our evaluation of him. Freeman's been out. Uh, every week that Edo Smith has been getting touches. I mean, we right. we have been watching his usage without exactly. Devontae Freeman. This is it. And yes. so I don't know there's a lot more upside than what we've seen. I mean, it's fine. And he's doing well. I'm not going to say he's a bad player because he's doing very well with what he's getting. But I'm not seeing anything that makes me particularly excited about the future upside. He's not Devontae Freeman. He's not going to take that job by himself. Common's enough. And to keep him in this timeshare and probably, uh, well, is a better running back, even though I'm not overly high on Coleman either. So long term, I'm, I'm kind of, if I have him, great. Um, but I would sure. probably be looking to trade him. What do you think? What are you doing with Edo Smith if you have him or if you don't have him? Are you going and getting him? No, I, think, I, th- I don't think you even wait for this week. I think this is the time to sell. I think this is... This is the hype time for Ido Smith, and um, yeah, he has 42 touches on the season so far. And the thing is, yeah, none of these running backs have been doing anything all year. I don't think that's just going to suddenly change because Freeman's um, officially out for the rest of the season. Like you said, Ido Smith has been getting playing time while Freeman's been missing time. And the thing, I think the big kicker here is yes, they're right. in a good offense, but their defense is ravaged by injuries, right? So. They're having to put up a lot of points. They're having to pass the ball a ton. And could he get some receptions in there? Sure. But as far as, you know, really doing a lot on the ground outside of chipping in some touchdowns, I just don't see it there. And we were all so excited for Tevin Coleman because he's the backup. And we tend to love these backup running backs that we haven't seen prove themselves in a feature role, right? Right. 
And then they get a feature role, and, and all of a sudden we realize they're not as good as they were in the limited role, right? I know I know the Chargers. Uh, I think I think it's their OC or their their running backs coach. You know, is, you know, he came out a few weeks ago and was saying, you know, Austin Eckler. You know, because a lot of people um, hype up. Uh, I think it's the running back coach because. He said a lot of people are always hype up his backup running backs because his, his backup running backs always fare really well. And he said, listen, Austin Eckler is our backup for a reason. You know, Austin Eckler is fantastic in the role that he's in, but he's not a featured back. There's a reason why he's not a starting running back in this league. And just because players are good in limited roles doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden they're going to be as efficient or as durable or just meant for a larger um, role in that all in any offense so I think that's what people are I don't I, I just don't think they're being realistic for what his range of outcomes is now could he have t- 10 touchdowns this season yeah yeah but I mean you're banking on touchdowns and we know how unpredictable those are um, so it's just it's not a player that I'm looking to invest in especially in dynasty um, I have him in a couple leagues I think I'm going to be sending out some offers um, see what I can get like the, every running back that we've talked about recently um you know if i can get a philip Lindsay, if i can get a naheem hines um plus a little if i can get a matt Breida, um plus a little um i actually like matt Breida's opportunity more going forward and in the future than i do ito smith's um i think matt Breida's more special than than ito is um so yeah i'm i'm right there with you i think um, you draft him in the third round. I think if you can get an early second type of value, I think that's that's a no-brainer at this point. And obviously, um, if you're competing, you know we're not fans of trading for future draft picks at this point. Um, but if you're rebuilding, I think that's right. And I mean, I think in in redraft too, I think he's a he's a sell. You know? Yeah, I'm 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 on the get what you can for Edo Smith right now bandwagon. I've just invented the bandwagon and hopped on so <laughs> yeah, the, the running the running efficiency the running stats coming out of this offense aren't just gonna all of a sudden explode because freeman's out for the year he, yeah again i think i think we hit the nail on the head there he's been out <laughs> we've seen what that looks like i mean why do we think it's gonna get better i mean it can don't get me wrong it can he can just suddenly explode why not it's the nfl but there's no reason to expect it to. Would be what I'd say. Why are either Why are either Coleman or Edo Smith all of a sudden going to see a huge increase in usage? Because Freeman hasn't played like at all, barely at all. So why are they all of a sudden going to get a huge increase in touches? I just don't understand. I know you want better. As long as Freeman's been on the field, Edo Smith hasn't touched the ball. He's only been touching the ball. Well, Freeman's out, apart from week five, obviously, um, where Ido Smith's role dropped to basically five touches and nothing. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can expand on that. That's just... uh, I'm going to throw you some, some players here, and I want to, to know what you would do here um, as far as dynasty trades. Um, how about uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? I take Edo Smith, <laughs> um, and that's the thing. Edo Smith's ADP has risen like fifty spots in the last month, and I think it's about to jump fifty more spots. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
Like Marcus Valdez Scanling was 152 in the latest DLF ADP. Thanks to Ryan McDowell for all that, as always. Um, I think his is going to rise a lot. Um, but we both would take Marlon Mack, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about uh, how about Dallas Goddard? I'll be interested in him in two years, Jake. How about Kiki? I'm Dewey? not a big fan of Kiki. I'll probably take the running back with not. red zone usage. Sorry. <laughs> I think I'd go Cootie there. Um, QT, Q, Cutie, QT, I just, I give up. Um, Austin Eckler. He's running back 58 right now before he gets his extra jump for no particular reason. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would take anyone with a 10-spot radius looking at it, apart from Jordan Wilkins. Well, <laughs> yeah, but like right now I'm going up to like the 120 range, which I think is probably where he's going to be next month. Right. Um, Do you think you could get Duke QT's. Johnson? Yes, that was one of the trades that just went down in the last two days. Was straight up. Um, yeah, that's who I'd want. Duke Johnson. I'd add yeah, whatever I needed Duke. to, but I'd go get Duke. I think you can get Duke straight up. Um, Austin Eckler. Uh, yeah, I'd take Eckler. <laughs> I would do Geo. Yes, I'd take Geo. <laughs> you know what would be? You know what'd be great? You know, what? flipping if you're as long as you're. And again, maybe not even competing, but James White would be a guy that Whoa. I think I might try to go target and just add on a little bit. You know, Ooh, Edo, especially, yeah, Edo that's a really a good third, idea. Edo in a third, maybe? Yeah, especially if the team White. that has him isn't as competing as much. And you, yeah. I kind of like that thought. Um, Dion Lewis. Yeah, I'd take Dion. Ronald Jones. No. Team <laughs> Edo. No, thank you. <laughs> It's working so far. I'll keep with it. <laughs> I'm I'm really going up here now. Um, Alex Collins. I keep Alex too. I like Alex Collins. I keep Twinkle Toes. Yeah. So I think of all the ones that you just mentioned, it's Duke Johnson that's piquing my interest a lot. Um, one because I was already convinced of the talent. Two because the Browns can't keep employing this coaching staff. Eventually, it's got to get better. But more, I've seen his usage tick up recently with Baker Mayfield, and that might be going under the radar. So I definitely, that that would be the running back target I'm really going for, especially if you think I can get him one for one. Yeah, I think that I really like that James White in the third, or, uh, or sorry, James White for Edo Smith and maybe a third. That's a really sharp trade-off. Right? That was my favorite that you mentioned as well. All right, so that's our roundup of Edo Smith and mostly get something good for him, um, but get something. <laughs> I guess will be how we sum it up. All right, so uh, thanks for coming to the Crossroads and uh, joining us to talk about Edo Smith this week. If you have other players that you'd like us to talk about, check out the... Uh, the podcast handle on Twitter at Dino Crossroads. That's Dino Crossroads because it was too long to write Dynasty Crossroads. And um, Jake will post a poll, or we'll just ask in general who do you want to hear us talk about. And that's how you can get us to talk about the players that you are actually interested in. If it's not Edo Smith, um, which it shouldn't be, it should be Marlon Mack. But anyway, on that, um, thanks for joining us this week. I've enjoyed it like I do every week. Um, I hope you did too, and I will see you next week. Later. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Um, Philip Lindsay, Matt Breida, um, those type of guys, I think that's a good cash out point. Film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Um, listen, he's, he's outperformed what I thought he is. Crossroads where film is everything.
I keep twinkle toes. The dynasty crossroad where numbers are the king. I am stinking it up so badly. There may not be consensus, <laughs> but we'll give you everything. That's all right. All I'm doing is making a note of where you said Matt Breeder is special. <laughs>